Welcome to Succession Stories. I'm Lori Barkman. As an exit value planning and M&A advisor, I call myself the business transition Sherpa. This podcast guides entrepreneurs from transition to transaction, from building value in your business to letting go. What do I do when I'm not hosting a podcast? I work with owners to maximize business value with my firm, small.big. And as a certified mergers and acquisitions advisor with Stony Hill, I guide you through the complex process of selling your company. Tune into Succession Stories for weekly insights to reward your hard work and avoid succession regrets. Hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and sign up for our newsletter at successionstories.com. Here's to your success. Is this the year to sell your company? Don't leave your exit to chance. Stony Hill Advisors works with entrepreneurs like you to get ready for what may be the biggest transaction of your life. Learn what your business is worth by visiting stonyhilladvisors.com slash podcast. I love bringing lessons learned from my experience working with entrepreneurs on exit value planning and business transitions. And I've decided to put these insights into a book. Stay tuned, I'll share more details with you soon. Be in the loop about events, my book, and more by signing up for our newsletter at successionstories.com and be sure to follow the show in your favorite podcast player. I like to say that entrepreneurs don't start and build their companies on their own and neither should they plan their business transition or exit strategy without trusted experts in their corner. That's why I'm excited about this week's guest, Mark Kravitz, because he definitely shares this view. Mark is the managing partner and founder of Align Wealth in New York. We talked about why having the right advisors on your team is critical and why every business owner should have an exit plan. We also talked about three legs of exit planning for your business, your finances, and your transition. It's a great conversation to help you help business owners think about exit planning and business transition. Mark has an excellent podcast called Find Your Exit, and I was excited to be a guest on his show as well. You'll want to give that a listen to. Enjoy the insights and my conversation about planning your exit with Mark Kravitz. Mark Kravitz, thanks for joining me on Succession Stories. I'm excited to talk to you today because you're an entrepreneur at heart, starting your own firm, A-Line Wealth, and you've been working with business owners and entrepreneurs for years to help them achieve their goals for a successful exit. So welcome to the show. Great to be here. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be on the show. Thank you. Why don't we start by talking about you? Why don't you tell me about yourself and about your firm? Okay, sure. Thank you. So I'm managing partner of Align Wealth. I created that with my partner, Peter Klein, some years ago. We look to try to help business owners get ready for an exit. And what's that exit? (laughs) Exit is different for many, many different people. I'm sure we'll get into that. So we try to help people get ready for the exit. And also we help manage their assets once they exit. We do a terrific job there, replacing their income of what they were getting when when they were working. And we also have expertise in uh, not-for-profit organizations and helping not-for-profit organizations and helping people set up for themselves if they if they want to do a foundation and things of that nature. Yeah, so let's talk about exit because that word, I use it myself when I work with clients and we talk about exits on the show. 
But I like the word transition because it doesn't always presume what the answer is. And it could be that they want to sell the company. It could be that they want to do other things. How do you think about the word exit and how should we talk about it in this context? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good way. Sometimes people don't love the word exit. They're feeling like, oh, they're exiting. They're exiting life, right? So uh, exit can have a bad connotation, but transition is probably a little bit better wording. But, you know, my definition is going to the next phase, the next step, whatever that next step is. And we have a lot of very good conversations with business owners. And I like to be there early to have that conversation with the business owners, see, you know, what's inside their mind? What do they want to do? What kind of transition are they looking uh, looking to make? But that's a that's a very good point about exit. Yeah, exit is an interesting word. And it does mean that there is a succession. Sometimes it's family, sometimes there's management, and sometimes there's third parties. Hmm. And the Exit Planning Institute's an organization that I've talked about in the show, and I have a certificate from there. And you're a SEPA, which is a certified exit planner. Maybe we could talk a little bit about EPI and how you've been involved with them. I noticed that you have an award from EPI. I know you're quite involved with the group in the New York metro area. Yeah, so I've been involved now with EPI going on nine years. I've been the president of the Greater New York chapter. This year coming up will be my ninth year as as president. Yes, I've been recognized a couple of times for my work with helping business owners. But what we're trying to do is really trying to educate. We're trying to educate the practitioners that help the business owners. And we're also trying to educate business owners as well. I had a thought my first year at uh, EPI that I wanted to help educate the business owners. So we started a business owner forum and we did our eighth annual business owner forum this, this past year where we're bringing business owners in and educating them on different subjects, try to help them get ready for whatever that transition is going to be. And interestingly, we did it live for all these years, and we'd have about 100 business owners all around. The past two years, because of COVID, we've done it on a Zoom. And interestingly enough, this past year, we had people from five different countries, and we had people from 30 different states coming on to the Zoom. So it really expanded the number of people and also the different types of people that were, uh, uh, that were listening. So I, I thought it was, it was quite successful. That's an important mission, education. I find that too, in my experience, that there are there's a big need for education. That's one of the reasons I started this show. And I know you have some amazing resources that you share with your audiences, both on, on YouTube and, and in your podcast, which we'll talk about in a moment. Well, we can talk about it now, actually. Find Your Exit is a great show. And I was so pleased to be a guest recently. So thank you for having me on it. So let's just stay on this topic of education. So EPI, in-person meetings is ideal. And wow, to have 100 business owners from all those different countries and all those different states, that's quite an event that you did. We have a chapter here in the area where I am, which is in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And Small.Big is one of the sponsors of the EPI here. And we would love to have in-person. It has been virtual, but we're back to in-person and hopefully it'll continue that way in 2022. And I think the collaborative side of education, I think it's worth mentioning that, right, you're in wealth management, I'm in value building and and growth and transition planning with business owners. And then there's lawyers and tax professionals. The group of us, the collective, I think is really a consistent 
thing across all, not just EPI as an as a group, but other groups too that that have this ethos. Maybe you could talk a little bit about the collaborative nature of the approach. Yeah, I, I always like to say that it takes a village for someone to go through a a transition. And you hit upon a lot of the people that would help in that kind of transition. Personally, I like to be there early on. I'd like to get into an owner's head. So if a business owner is thinking about making a transition, selling, exiting, or growing, I like to be there first because I've gone through over 100 transitions over my lifetime. So I have a pretty good experience of, of helping them early on. And then from there, we can have a conversation and they might need, they might be looking to grow and they might need someone like you, Lori, that can help them analyze the company and, and grow. Uh, I'll give you an example. Recently, I was referred over to someone who was looking possibly sell their business. And then as we were having a conversation, they was like, oh, you know, my books are not really good. I just, you know, I, you know, I, it wasn't the back of a pizza box that they were writing the numbers on, but, you know, in the conversation, you could tell that they needed a CFO. So I recommended them to a CFO that can get their books together. Once they can get their books together, then you can do an analysis on what the value of the company is. So you can either bring a business valuator in or you can, there are other things that you can do to to get a business valuation. And then we can do our part, which is the financial planning. Does the person have enough money to live comfortably for the rest of their lives? And that's a big question that people have. And in in certain cases, they have more than enough. They've put away money year after year after year. But there's others that 90% of their money is in their business. And God forbid their business goes out of business they're going to be stuck and they're not going to have enough money. So we're going to go through that and we're going to look at different ways that they can monetize that business. And that's where you're now you're going to bring in a business broker or, or investment banker. Also, you want to take a look and make sure that they have their estate planning ready and done. So you got to bring in a state attorney in. You want to bring in a business attorney in. If they don't have a business attorney, you want to have the right accountant. Maybe they had their own local account, but that's not the right accountant for this transition. So there's so many different people once you have a conversation with the business owner to make sure that they have this village to be able to transition. Yeah. And readiness is really a factor too. What does readiness mean? It's really Mm -hmm. dependent upon the person and business readiness. You're talking about business readiness, getting the financials ready. There's a a couple of different facets of where I have experienced too. So I'll just interject some little bit of stories. There's one buyer I was working with. He was looking for a small business and we had approached a IT services company. I had approached them on his behalf And the IT services company just did not have their financials together. And it was always, oh, I'll get those to you. It's it's been months now. And of course, we gave up and moved on. And all they had to do was kind of push a couple buttons out of QuickBooks. It was that small of an entity. They didn't have audited financials or anything like that. But even at this stage of expressing interest in someone and them saying, oh, yeah, let me think about that. But that business really wasn't ready for sale. We had approached them kind of out of the blue. And that is happening, you know, in my role as a, as a mergers and acquisitions advisor, I, at times I'm approaching businesses and saying to them, I have someone interested in your type of company, in your geography, your size. And then they have to think, oh, wait a minute, am I ready? (laughs) So it is, it is one of those, you have to be ready, even if you're not ready in a way, we talk about that a lot with other guests that have come on business owners who have sold, 
And the act of building your business and getting it ready for a potential transition is actually really good business anyway, right? You're saying having organized books and having processes documented, having a team around you, all of that comes with time, you know, easier said than done. Besides business owners, who are the other folks that you, that you help in this process? Well, we're really helping people that are in stressful situations. So we're very, very good when there is a stressful situation. So what's a stressful situation? Someone that might be going through a divorce, right? One of our clients' daughters married a very well-off person that works for, works for a hedge fund, and she really never built wealth for herself. And so now she's in the midst of, of getting a divorce and she doesn't really have the money to be able to live and just take care of the kids and all that. So we had to coach her and educate her and, and help her through and, and do planning to make sure to show her how much money she would need either on an income basis or, or lump sum basis so that she had an idea of how much she'll need to, to be able to live comfortably. So we helped her through that, unfortunately, one person passes away. That's another very, very stressful situation. So it's when stress, when big stresses come in, that's when we can help the most. Topic of stress, pandemic has been quite stressful Mm. for many business Mm. owners and employees alike. And you're on the front lines with, with many people who have been faced with big decisions about how to shore up the business and and how to move forward. You yourself, you're an entrepreneur and I'm I'm sure it hasn't been easy. And although the markets have been good, so maybe that part has been been roughly okay. But maybe we can talk about that a little bit. How what have you seen in over the last year or two in terms of business owners' fears and how you've helped them and and also in your firm and, and any pivots that you may have taken? I think you you said the right word and the major word and the word that's probably the best one word for the last two years, and that's pivot. People need to pivot. And if they don't pivot, they can, you know, be be out of business. And so what we've seen is a lot of businesses pivoting to make sure that they understand what's going on countrywide, worldwide, in their business-wise, and in their life. And they've pivoted. So one of the major pivoted is the remote working. So one thing that we recognize in our business is that we were able to work remotely. Our whole team worked from home and we did it without missing any beat. It was it was perfect. In my case, I most of the time I am uh, working uh, remotely because I'm able to concentrate and able to do my business wherever I am. I don't need to travel as much as I used to travel. In fact, interestingly, 2021 Every new client that we brought in, every one of them, I didn't meet. I didn't meet person to person, not at all. I only met remotely over over Zoom. So the interesting part of that is, whereas a lot of the business might have been a geographical limitation. In other words, we're located in Long Island, and we're also located in Manhattan and also uh, in South Florida. So normally there'd be a concentric circle of people that you can help in that business. That didn't happen last year. Last year, we were helping people all throughout the States, a lot of clients in California. And what we found was that people just want the best person that can help them. 
and they don't care where the geographical location is. So this, I, I would say, was really an adv- advantage to our business. It really helped uh, um, push our business much, much higher because we were getting people that normally wouldn't come to us. They would go in a concentric geographical location. Now they were coming to us because they felt that we were the best people uh, for them. So that, that was a great, great question. Who is your most important customer? The person who buys your business. Stony Hill Advisors works with owners to maximize the value when you're ready to sell. Get started today with a business valuation by visiting stonyhilladvisors.com slash podcast. So the process that you follow to manage someone's wealth is something that evolves over time, right? Especially if you've worked with them for a while and then they have a transaction to then, you know, have an influx of a different type of asset to manage. What's your process in assessing what's the best way to work with people? Okay, so the first thing we do is we do a plan. We're we're all plan-based, so we do a financial plan. We want to know, we want to inventory all their assets. We want to understand what their goals are, what all their financial goals are. We list it all out, and then we will uh, do an analysis to make sure that they have enough money to live comfortably. If they have excess wealth, what are the things that they want to do? Do they want to um, uh, create a foundation? Do they want to do other things, different homes that they want to buy, help their kids, uh, help society? So, you know, we're going to try to get an understanding of what they they want out of life. And then what we're going to do a very specific process of managing those assets. How much assets do they need? How much money? How, what kind of cash flow uh, do they need in their uh, in their business? And we're going to make sure that we replace that cash flow that they get from their uh, transition, because uh, that's a that's a big thing. Oh, I was making X amount of dollars when I was working and I was had my own business and I can control things. Now I don't have that business anymore. Where are we going to replace that assets? So we do uh, a great job of replacing that income uh, for uh, for them. And it's preservation of capital. In a lot of cases, as I mentioned before, their wealth is in their business. Once they transition and they take that wealth out, now what they're worried about is they're not looking to create wealth for themselves. They're looking to preserve wealth. They're looking for income. And they're looking to have a modest amount of of growth as well, keep up or beat inflation. So we're walking that tightrope where uh, we don't want to put them in harm's way from a market standpoint. So we're looking at preserving their wealth, but we're also looking at getting them income and also uh, growing their assets. So it's a tightrope that we walk. But uh, listen, we've been doing this for a long period of time, over 30 years, and we've never, ever had anybody run out of money. Never, not once. And that is our goal, and we'll continue to uh, uh, to keep that goal as well. It's funny when you think about it, as you sort of hit on it earlier, Mark, that exiting is is really a transition. And if a business owner has set out to create wealth Ultimately, that's what we're all doing is we are transitioning to someone else. We can't take it with us. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to think about it. You know, we're human. Who wants to sure. think about that? But I think in the process that you're describing, it's about living a lifestyle that you want to live and having fun and enjoying life after your business. It isn't the end of the road and it is a net positive. 
And yeah, and advisors like you and me, that's essentially what we're trying to do is help people live the life they want to live. And time is our biggest asset, really. It's time. And so how do you want to spend that time? I think that's my other thing I've noticed with myself and my family and, and also my friends and also business owners that I talk to is how we choose to spend our time. I think the pandemic has affected us that way too. We are making different choices. We see that in the employment, right? People are making different choices and they're, I don't, not bring it up for political reasons. I mean, just in general, people are making choices. Interesting yeah. statistic. Interesting that you, you mentioned that there are more new businesses that's been created since the pandemic than ever, ever before. So you're right. People are making choices. Maybe they don't want to work in that nine to five job anymore in, in the little cubby that they're that they're in. And they want to look. They've always wanted to do X, Y, Z. And they're going out and they're doing it. I encourage it. I Listen, I love entrepreneurship. I love, love that. So uh, I'm very encouraging for uh, for people to do that. Yeah. And it's good to start with a side hustle and then see if you can have an income replacement and, and live the lifestyle that you want to live. It does, it's hard work. And I, I have a lot of respect for entrepreneurs and the process of, of exiting and transitioning their company is not an easy one. And that's why it's great to surround yourself with folks like you, Mark, and hopefully, you know, folks like me that we can really help them. So let's start to talk about our words of wisdom and, you know, like you said, you've, you've done over a hundred business transitions and working with people. And let's talk about some of the learnings. We learn from failures. We learn from successes. We learn from failures. Sometimes we learn more from failures. So they, they're certainly more painful. What are some of the observations that you would like to share with our listeners, people who are thinking about a business transition of some of the challenges and lessons learned? People don't plan to fail. They just fail to plan. You need to have a business plan. You need to have an exit plan. You need to have a succession plan. You need to have a plan. People have it in their mind sometimes. Oh, yeah, when I do this or when I accumulate that or when I, you know, when I get X amount of revenue, then, you know, maybe I'll, you need to have a plan. Whether you choose to go into succession, exit, whatever, transition after that, or not, that's completely up to you, but you have to have uh, a plan. Um, so that's that's one thing, Is that's a failure, is not to have a plan. Another thing is um, not selling when you have the opportunity. I've seen this time and time again. Businesses have ups and downs, markets have ups and downs, the business cycle has ups and downs, and you need to take advantage when when the cycle is in your favor. And if you don't, it, you, it could take you five, it could take you 10 years. I mean, just think about the, the great um, recession that we had. Let's say someone was about to sell in 07 and they decided not to sell. And all of a sudden, 08, 09, they, they might've had to wait seven, eight years. And who knows what age they were. They, you know, that's a lifestyle. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a long time. So, um, you know, not selling when you have when you have a good opportunity. So I'll give you I'll give you a good story about that. So I have uh, had a client from year, years ago. I think he was either late thirties or early forties. Had a great company, nothing unique, but a, but a great company. And a publicly traded company came to him to want to want to buy, and you know helped him out. Did all the planning with him. They did estate planning. We, we did the whole nine yards. He was already in set, but he was young. His kids were young. And he was like, 
he had, he had two partners. They were a little older, but he was like, you know, and he was the main guy. And he was like, you know, should I really be doing this? Uh, I'm so young. You know what? That It doesn't make sense. So he called me. He called me the night before he was going to sign the morning, the next morning. He called me the night before. He goes, Mark, I, I don't know. I'm getting second thoughts. You know, we're doing so well. I'm making so much income. You know, it, it, it doesn't make sense. And I said, listen, you might never get this chance ever again. You're going to be able to influence not only you, but your kids and possibly the next generation. This was this was a many generational wealth type of situation. I said, you might never get, and you might be kicking yourself for the rest of your life. I said, you know, it's your decision ultimately, but it makes a tremendous amount of sense for you. Think of your family and think of, you know, ongoing, you know, next generation there. He did, he wound up selling. He never, ever had another business, not even close, not even close to, to, to doing this again. Um, but, you know, again, now we have over a decade since he's, he's done it and he's never been so happy. He's a lot more relaxed and, and kids are, are growing and, and he's done, he's done very, very nicely. So in retrospect, he was very, very happy that, uh, that he did that. So that's a case where he did sell when he had the opportunity, uh, there. So, uh, I don't know, have you had any cases where people just, you know, they can't pull the trigger and, and they wound up regretting it? Oh, I don't know about the regret side. There's one I'm thinking of where it's an income replacement challenge where the owner, I had identified a buyer for for him and approached them. They had talked to an M&A advisor in years prior and the same reason they didn't pursue this sale or transaction with my client, it was the same reason for, call it 10 years prior, which was the owner had trouble thinking about income replacement. And now the owner is in his mid seventies and it's the same situation. And so I don't know if it's regret. I think it's going to be a challenge there. He's the majority owner and there are others. And so there's that aspect too, where the owner just isn't ready because he's living a certain lifestyle. He's envisioning that it'll be difficult to replace that income at his age, which may be true. And I think the regrets are going to come from his team because they can't, there's no liquidity for them. And now they're continuing to age as well. They're younger than he is, but they're continuing to age. So what does that all mean? I don't know. There, you know, every situation's different, Mark. I mean, that's what we see. These are all snowflake situations. And so one of the biggest lessons learned from, you know, my hundred conversations and growing in this show and, and guesting on other people's shows is that when time is on your side, it's on your side because you do have the benefit to make changes and, and change your mind on things. But when you're 72, 75, probably that's when you start to feel regret because what will happen at some point is he will pass away and then what, right? So, and I think also for the example you shared with the gentleman who had smaller kids, well, he could go to the baseball games. He could go to the basketball games. And he when did. he's working 70 hour weeks, you can't do that. Right. And you don't right. get that time back. So that is the world's biggest trade-off in, in making these decisions, especially if you have, if you're in your forties, what a wonderful option to be able to choose to sell the business and choose a lifestyle that really satisfies his other things that he wants to do in life. And those I, of I us would who say- work so hard for that, and we can only wish for that, right? Yeah, I, I would say that 70-something-year-old person, just, you know, from the knowledge of dealing with people like that, 
I, I have to feel that his image and everything that he's built up is all about the business that he's created. And he's so intertwined with that, that if he ever sold, he'd feel like a lost puppy. Right, that that he's you know that 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 it, the business's life and his life and people look at him and, and say oh that's the X Y Z person that he's so intertwined and we've seen that many many times where people just don't sell because they're so intertwined with their business and they they feel like they'll lose their purpose in life so that's uh, that's a difficult potentially that's a difficult scenario for for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Mark, kind of winding down here, I know you shared uh, one of the one of the quotes about having no plan is just planning to fail. Do you have any other favorites that you could share? Oh, quotes. Just do it. Just do it. I, I used to teach a class called Financial Strategies for Successful Retirement. And, you know, a lot of people will go through an economic uh, or, or academic exercise of understanding all the things to do. All understanding, understanding, getting information, getting information, listen to your podcast, listen, listen to my podcast, and just educate, educate, educate. And that's all they've done is it's an academic exercise, but you got to make it an economic exercise. And that is you just do it. Like the Nike sign, I think that's great. You just do it. You just got to get a plan. You got to go out and hire Lori if you need to grow your business and and want to prosper there and want to be able to uh, transition that business. So you need to hire someone like myself to come in and analyze and make sure that you have enough money to live comfortably for the rest of your life. You need to have conversations with other people, estate attorneys and other other attorneys. So just do it. So that is, if I'm going to leave anything for people uh, today is have a plan and just do it. And if people want to follow up and talk with you, Mark, what's the best way to get in touch? Okay, so you can go on Align Wealth, A-L-I-N-E, Wealth. uh, And you can also email me at mkravitz, K-R-A-V-I-E-T-Z, at alignwealth.com. You can catch me on my podcast, uh, find your exit. You can find it anywhere on Apple or wherever you get your uh, podcast. So there's a few uh, places to uh, to find me. Also on Twitter. And what about your YouTube show? Oh, um, yeah, that's uh, that's a fun thing. Uh, it's called Coffee with Crav. Here so for the video, you can see I got a coffee cup that says Coffee Coffee with Crav. There. Um, what I did was, you know, we had the pandemic. And when the pandemic hit, I knew that I was not going to see my clients. So, uh, you know, normally we just sit around the table and we would just have coffee together. So I felt like I wanted to keep having a connection with clients. So I created this Coffee with Crab where I would interview different people from uh, different walks of, of life. And so I started that and, and uh, on a monthly basis, I've been interviewing all different kinds of interesting people. and. Um, I interviewed a guy, Matt Long, who unfortunately was riding his bicycle in Manhattan during a a, uh, transit strike, and he got hit by a bus. He wound up underneath the bus, and, you know, he was pulled out. They they gave him a 1% chance of living. And it's just such an interesting story about this this man that got hit by a bus and, and how he lives life today. I interviewed 
uh, Matt Weiss, who was a director, producer of Man with the Red Bandana, talking about a, so he, he wrote a, a documentary about this person that saved many lives um, when uh, when 9-11 hit, when the, when the planes hit. And this person gave up his life to, and he had a brand bandana on it. And such an interesting story. So I'm doing different, different interesting life type uh, stories uh, there. And I'm having a tremendous amount of fun uh, doing that. Oh, that's awesome. I'll have to check that out. I appreciate the pivot for, for that content. Right. It isn't just the business content. It's more life and talking to interesting people. You are interesting, Mark. Thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your knowledge. And I really look forward to collaborating with you and keeping in touch. Yeah, Lori, thank you so much. Great show. Thank you so much for, uh, for having me. And uh, let's make uh, 2022 the best year ever. My objective is for you to have a lucrative and successful succession. If you want to understand the value of your company today, the potential net proceeds of a transaction, and your financial needs after you leave the business, that's a great place to start. The sooner you understand these numbers, the more time you'll have to close the gap if there is one. Take the next step by requesting an initial meeting to begin planning for your business transition and strategic exit today. Request a call with me by visiting smalldotbig.com. That's smalldotbig.com. I look forward to speaking with you.